thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to 100 Not Out, featuring your hosts, Dr. Damien Christoph and Marcus Pierce. Welcome to 100 Not Out, a weekly show dedicated to helping you master the art of aging well. My name is Marcus Pierce, and I am here with a prolific wellness expert himself. He is co-founder of The Wellness Couch and The Wellness Guys. He is Dr. Damien Christoph. Hi, Damo. Hi, Marcus. What are we going to do when you run out of superlatives? What's going to happen? Uh, there's a thing called Webster's Dictionary or Oxford's uh, Dictionary. <laughs> then there's a thesaurus. Surely it's my turn to start talking about the incredible, the amazing, the one, the only Marcus Pierce. Like I think oh, we've got to get guy. through. We've got to get through Google, and we've got to get through Encyclopedia Britannica before we finish <laughs> with superlatives for you, great man. We'll be here for millennia to come. Oh, gee, gee. Um, we're only just we're only just dived a little way down. No demo. Wow. We are. Um, we've gone through. Um, so many supplements. We've gone through four, okay, but there's been so much gold over the last few weeks that you have shared with us, and there's two more that I'd really love to get into, and uh, we're, so far, we've covered off antioxidants, we've covered off fish oil, we've covered off vitamin C, yeah. vitamin D. Yeah. Um, there's two more that I'd really love to get your idea, your your wisdom on, right? Not right. your intelligence, because intelligence yeah, is sub so forty years old. That's wisdom. for young people, right? Intelligence. That's it. Intelligence is old school when you're forty, and it's all about wisdom now. I want your wisdom demo on fiber. <laughs> I want to know. I want to know, okay? Because uh, a lot of people are all about fiber. Fiber. Now okay. we know we can get fiber from vegetables. We know we can get it from beans. We know we can get it from fruits. Yes. Um, there's yes. also talk about whole grains, but. You know, there's some grains that we love. I mean, the stuff that's in your wonderful forage is no worries with rice and amaranth and um, millet. Uh, millet. Quinoa. But I was going to say, well, quinoa is a beautiful thing, but we don't technically call it a grain these days, do we? No, it's a bit of a seed. We call it a pseudo grain? It's a pseudo grain. It's a seed. But, um, right? It's a seed. But, but there's, a, there's some conjecture around grains and fiber because, you know, I know a lot of. Um, Older people have have they have extra stuff on their on their cereals for or they might have all brand you know for yeah. the fiber. Yeah. Uh, do don't want to that. dispel too many myths, Damo, but we might have to dispel just a couple of them on this very episode. Um, from what I know, fiber is good for helping with blood sugar um, and um, reducing you know LDL cholesterol and the rest. But do you want to just go through on? What are the best sources of fiber? What are the not-so-good sources of fiber that we might think are actually quite good? Um, and what happens if we don't have enough? I'm sure poo is going to come into this somewhere. Because um, <laughs> <laughs> yes. fiber, fiber keeps you regular. Yes. Um, but, but tell us, you know, what are the main roles of fiber and what happens if we're not getting enough of it? Well, fiber, there's two roles of fiber. There's two types of fiber primarily that we talk about. One's called digestible fiber and the other one's called indigestible fiber. So the digestible fiber, we tend to find um, once it's been digested and absorbed into our biointestines, into our bloodstream, is responsible for collecting particles that need to come out in the liver um, and then removed from the body. So digestible fiber is important. And then our indigestible fiber, our undigested fiber, uh, remains inside the gastrointestinal system 
and that uh, that will then remove or bulk up or create uh, a platform for poo to be built upon to be then taken out of the system, so taken out of your body. So that grabs a hold of all the junk, um, provides roughage or like a broom and intestinal sweep that uh, takes all the junk out uh, to be removed out via the stool. So there's those two types of, uh, of fiber classifications of fiber. Now, fiber is considered to be a carbohydrate, which is interesting because really at the end of the, at the, end of the day, we um, we we will get our macronutrients from food, and somehow our carbohydrate got bundled into the carb. Sorry, fiber got bundled into the carbohydrate, you know, um, group. But I really I think that fiber in itself is its own macronutrient in that it performs slightly different functions depending on the type of fiber you get, whether it's indigestible or digestible. So, but we're going to focus for you know today primarily on the indigestible fibers because we're talking about gastrointestinal health. So my view is that you should be getting all of your fiber from your fruits and vegetables. You know, you weren't you weren't looking at cavemen rocking on down to the local 7-Eleven, picking up a box of something that's going to make them feel all brand new. You know what I mean? So they're uh, they're doing, <laughs> you know, and she they're not going to sit there and yawn and smile in the sunlight while they put a, a, a dessert spoon of processed high fiber gunk into their gut and feel better from it. Most people feel bloated from extra fiber. We have an issue an issue these days where people are so into taking fiber in their diet that in fact they have a disrupted, uncomfortable, angry gut and so as a result they bloat and they have, you know, constipation or infrequent poo or down the other end of the extreme where they've got so much fiber that it's it's racing out, you know, they're getting stuff coming out too quickly. Um, but uh, too much fiber can equally be a problem. So I always suggest that people, if, the, if they're needing to have more fiber in the diet, they get themselves a high-quality mix of nuts and seeds um, slash muesli so that's gluten-free primarily, which is what I have with the forage range. Do that for brekkie with some beautiful probiotic yogurt and then have, you know, a, a terrific uh, quality, you know, fruit Sub, you know, add some fruit like berries and raspberries and blackberries and blueberries and strawberries. Add all that. Maybe with some sliced apple. Put all that onto your onto your brekkie, and then have yourself a salad for lunch and have yourself some vegetables for dinner. And if you're doing if you're doing that, then you, obviously you're going to be in great shape and good health. So if well, that, Domo, if that doesn't fix you, it, I have to. Ask. Well, then I was just going to say, if that doesn't fix it, then you're going to have to supplement this with fibre. Um, but you know, maybe we can talk about that now. Okay, but Damo, so you're saying that the the special fruity um, gel, what was it, that special fruity gel loaf that my mum had in her pantry for all those years that was to help with, you know, put more fibre into her body, do you mean she could have just had some berries and some apples instead of buying some pharmaceutical grade fruity gel-y loaf thing? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know brands or anything, but I just remember this fruity gel loaf thing that she used to just have in the pantry. Yeah, and um, it's really just like what you just said is a delicious meal for people. Yeah, you know, some yogurt, some some fruit. Um, we don't actually have to go down the path of um, getting you know pharmaceutical grade you know enhancers, do we? Things that start with M and end with L and other different special products. <laughs> <laughs> no, you really don't. The more processed it is, the worse it is. You know, at the end of the day, you've got to have fiber that matches the food. So fiber, again, we'll go back to the whole thing of it being information. 
how's the body going to deal with the fiber? Like, is it good quality information that you're actually whacking into your body? Or are we actually whacking into our body a poor quality fiber? Now, I was at a, at a conference some years ago. I love telling this story. I was at a conference some years ago um, for MediHerb. In fact, it was a herbal medicine conference. We had a, um, a world-renowned scientist turn up um, from the CSIRO. And he was talking about that the CSIRO, which is the Commonwealth, is it the Commonwealth? I can't remember. Okay, what's CSIRO? What does it stand for? It's based here in Australia. Oh, right? no, yeah. Anyway. I'll look it up whilst we get it. Yeah. Okay, you go for it, right? I've got CSL and CSIRO confused there. But the CSIRO have, they, they spend a lot of time and a lot of money on researching things. And they were researching the recycling of plastic to be able to put into our food. So they're looking at ways in which they could recycle plastic uh, and then put it into our bread. And so now we find um, oh. invisible fibers in our bread and we go, what, what could be an invisible fiber? Anyway, this particular person was booed off the stage uh, by a group of about 800 um, health professionals, um, including doctors and you know GPs, specialists, naturopaths, nurses, all across the board because... It seemed preposterous to us that we might consider using plastic as part of a solution for digestive health. And, of course, it, it seems to me to be somewhat of a nonsense to be using you know, poor quality fibres like that. We're far better off using plant-based fibres than synthetic petrol-based fibres like plastic, for example. So um, these days I would suggest that people... You go, mate. What's that? So this was a member of the Commonwealth Scientific and Industrial Research Organisation. That's the CSIRO. Well done. <laughs> Good work. That's what it stands for. And uh, and look, they do some amazing research, but in this particular case, I was very, very concerned. And uh, and so I, I most certainly wouldn't recommend it. I wouldn't recommend you know searching for invisible, fib- invisible fibers. You want to have fiber that you can see because you're going to see it later on anyway. So you want to make sure that you can see it going in so that you, when you, know, you know when it's coming out, you know it's, it's taken the right amount of time. So we're talking that 12 to 24-hour period, right? So fiber should be in and out of your body within 12 to 24 hours. The same as sesame seeds, the same as corn, should be in and out of your system within 12 to 24 hours. And the healthiest sort of fiber that you can get for your body is plant-based fiber that you'd get from your fruits and your vegetables. If you've got to take a supplement, psyllium hulls can be beneficial. Um, and, and, and prunes are another great way to increase the type of fiber that goes through your gastrointestinal system to stimulate peristalsis to keep the bowels moving. Um, but you don't need to have truckloads of fiber. What you need to do is reset your gastrointestinal health. Some people say they can't move their bowels without having enough fiber. Usually what I suspect or suggest is actually happening happening, happening there is that they've got not enough good bacteria in their gut and they need to oh, good well, that's bugs. To our, that's a beautiful segue, Dama, into supplement number six, and that is probiotics. There's obviously a direct link there between gut health and and uh, yeah and and fiber consumption. Oh, well, look, eighty percent. In fact, eighty percent of our stool is in, is actually bacteria. So what we see coming out is eighty percent oh, yeah. bacteria. That's amazing, isn't it? Like you would you would think that it's actually just the food that got all bunched up, but most of the macronutrient, the micronutrient, has actually been absorbed, and the bacteria has digested almost everything that you've consumed, and now it's punching out just stuff that it didn't need. Plus. All the dead bacteria are going out uh, into the bowl, so it's a uh, it, it's it's important to be mindful that it's mainly bacteria that come out, which means that we've got to make sure the bacteria in your gut are healthy. Now, if anybody's ever had antibiotics before, then their gut health is going to be compromised. If you've ever taken the contraceptive pill, then your gut health will be compromised, and uh, and certain types of 
um, products that we use on a daily basis contain antibiotics we don't even know. So, you know, certain types of toothpaste contain what? antibiotics, for example. Really? Um, yeah, like the the toothpaste that give you that twenty four hour protection or forty eight hour protection, they contain antibiotics and uh, and they kill the bacteria in your mouth for up to twenty four hours or for up to forty eight hours, depending on the strength of the of the antibiotic. Wow. Scary. That huh? is alarming. Yeah, that and, is very scary. Yeah. So, so I have to ask you a question, which went unanswered on our recent webinar because we were just going through so much content. But when we spoke about the sugar link, and I know you and um, you and Diana were talking about the sugar link and gut health, you were saying that fructose is not really the concern; it's actually the health of the gut yes. that is not necessarily dealing well with fructose. Can you talk about that? Because obviously this is related to probiotics because I imagine probiotics are one of the best ways to strengthen the gut. But can you discuss that? Because I'm sure this is something that people are interested in about fructose and gut health because I don't think that link has been made very much at the moment. Yeah, so look, fructose is a sugar um, that uh, is broken down in the body uh, and then it can be quite difficult to clear out for some people. Now, the only reason really why fructose becomes an issue in people's body is if they don't have the right bacteria to be able to break down those sugars because the bacteria in our body digest sugars primarily or carbohydrates. In the uh, in the case where somebody can't so, digest... Can I interrupt you? Yeah. Sorry, can I, sorry to be rude. I know I'm being rude here, but... Not at all. People say... Um, you know, I remember speaking to someone recently that they were saying that they can't actually... What's the term? They can't actually digest fructose. Um, right. But that's not... But that... I imagine that's not necessarily something that you're, uh, for want of a better term, born with per se. Unless you're born with a super weak gut, maybe you were born prem or you didn't actually get the right flora into your body when you were being born because of birth difficulties and the rest. But um, it just seems to me odd that the body would not have the ability to deal or digest an apple off a tree or a pear off a tree. There's certain got to be life events, circumstances where gut health is ab is absolutely destroyed to the point where it actually can't deal with a basic sugar like fructose. Yeah, the, it, it's you're right. So there's definitely. Am I close to the mark? No, well, you're you're very close to the mark, and it does come down to digestive health. And essentially, people just need to take it easy on their gut. You know, so there's a lot of things that people do to stimulate um, or overstimulate the gastrointestinal system. That can be the overconsumption of glutinous grains. It can be uh, the consumption of too much stimulating um, liquid. For example, caffeinated beverages can be overstimulating. That includes coffee and tea. Too much dairy can affect the you know digestion. Uh, and so, as a result, people's digestive health is just generally under-functional. It's not ideal. They're not doing good, solid poos. Most people are doing poos that are broken up and, and not in, in good health. So um, they need to get their health back, their gut health back under control. But here's the important thing. In many cases, the gut health needs to come back under control before you can reintroduce fructose into the diet. So some people need to remove fructose from their diet for a period of time to restore gastrointestinal health before putting back in fructose into the body because it, yeah. it can be too challenging for the body. So you've got to go through a gut health, you know, uh, I suppose, process or program, which your naturopath can do. We do it at our practice. I'm sure at your practice you do something like it as well, Marcus. Uh, and, yeah. and there's plenty of chiropractors and naturopaths and holistic 
um, GPs around that actually run proper professional gastrointestinal health programs that can restore gut flora and gut function. So then you can actually start to tolerate the fructose that you might otherwise get in your food. And you shouldn't be scared of fructose. It's just that you shouldn't eat too much of it. So it's not that you need to count how many milligrams or grams of fructose you're eating per day. It should just be that the type of fructose that's coming into your body should be from fruits and vegetables only, not from the processed sources of fructose like high fructose corn syrup or you know processed honeys and sweeteners that might be in biscuits and, and, um, and cookies and cakes and that sort of thing. Okay, so then, because I know I'm pretty sure people would be saying, "Well, I, I've you know I've learned I've read a lot of books about uh, cutting out sugar and cutting out uh, fructose, but I'm not really sure." Uh, and and it seems like I probably should cut out fructose, but I'm not really sure how long for yeah. and the rest. Could someone get a test? And I think Dion may have said this on on our webinar. But do you do a stool test to find out um, quality of of gut flora, and then how long? Um, uh, then you recommend a certain period of time without fructose and then they come back and, and do another test. Is that generally how it works? How, how does it work for someone to actually know when they can reintroduce fructose into their diet? Yeah, that needs to be done under supervision and guidance. And so what actually happens is you do a breath test. So a breath test is yeah. done by... Um, yeah, it's amazing. It's done by a gastroenterologist. They test your methane secretion from your gastrointestinal system after a challenge. And the challenge will be fructose. And so they check to see whether or not you're actually able to break it down. If you can't break it down, um, then, you know, they can measure that with uh, with methane coming from your breath um, out of your tummy. And uh, and then, you know, appropriate steps can be taken to improve the health of the gut from then on. So you do remove fructose from the diet, then do a clean-up of the gastrointestinal system and you fix it all up. Now, you can actually then go an extra step and you can actually do a stool sample and you can send it off. And we can measure what's actually in there. Is there carbohydrate in your stool? Is there protein in your stool? Is there lots of fiber in your stool? What sort of bacteria in your, in your, in your bowels? And uh, by understanding that, we can get very, very specific with what we actually need to deliver into your system to be able to create better health in your system. So, uh, you know, it, it, it does, we can take it as specific as you like, or you can be very generic if you like. But being more specific means that you've got a better chance of being able to eat fructose again if you've had to go fructose free. Yeah, but I think that's very empowering though, isn't it, Damo? Because in today's world, clarity really is power and it's good to know that there are a number of different uh, tests, like almost different levels um, of, of clarity in terms of what you can really learn about your gut health and whether cutting out fructose is necessary and, and, and finding out how long for and the rest, but also good to know whether you're actually dealing quite well with fructose because that's the thing. It's not a blanket rule that the whole world should not be having sugar. Well, yeah, that's right. You know, despite what some authors would have you believe, that you know, fructose won't be the killer. And you know, even though there's there is an author out there who's saying that unequivocally, every single person who eats fructose is going to become obese. It's ridiculous to say that because if you're eating good quality fructose coming from fruits and vegetables, you're going to be okay. Yeah, good calls. All right, before we finish up, a couple of buzz supplements that I want to ask you about. Okay, I know. Our good friends David Wolf, who we interviewed um, uh, in the early days of 100 Not Out, I know he loves ginkgo biloba. Yeah. He's big into the uh, the plant itself, and he's got lots of. Um, it talks a lot about letting it grow for I think it's 14 years, and and all kinds of wonderful things. He just loves it. But do you use it much in your practice? Um, do you know much about it? Because it is discussed about increasing blood flow to the brain, which is what a lot of people would like. So, what do you know about it? Oh, look, I love ginkgo. I think ginkgo is fantastic. I don't actually have a lot of ginkgo myself. 
Um, in fact, I don't have any ginkgo myself, but ginkgo is very good for circulation. And in this case, we, in the case of David Walther, I suspect he's talking about using ginkgo for memory. Uh, and the Chinese in particular have used ginkgo biloba you know, extensively for the improvement of memory for, for millennia, for hundreds and hundreds of years. So ginkgo being a, a long-growing tree, it's not a herb, it's actually the, a, a tree, they use the leaf of the tree, uh, and the ginkgo biloba leaf um, helps to grow and stimulate the growth of more capillaries, so you get greater capillary growth and greater delivery of blood and nutrients through to the capillaries and through to the tissues to improve um, nutrient flow to obviously then improve um, the function of that area. So ginkgo is good, yep, love it, um, and, but probably um, not essential. Yeah, and then the second one, which a lot of people would have uh, regularly in their diet anyway, I think, is turmeric because that's uh, now being shown to really help people a lot, a lot with their mental acuity, their sharpness. Yeah. Um, again, is it something that you recommend much in practice or is it more something that you just expect that a lot of people are having uh, regardless because it kind of has transcended a lot of our, our diets through um, especially a lot of Indian and Thai cooking? Yeah, look, I love turmeric. I think turmeric's again, fantastic. I use it a lot for inflammation and managing inflammation. Um, taken by itself or used in the diet is fabulous for the health of your body. And so if you can actually include turmeric as part of your health, healthy diet, then you'll, you'll be in better health than the person who doesn't have turmeric. Um, it, it also has a, an amazingly powerful nutrient there called curcumin. And curcumin that's in turmeric is hugely anti-inflammatory and very cardioprotective. So great for the heart, awesome for the heart, awesome for the bones, awesome for the joints. Um, but, uh, you know, you can have it actually in the diet. You don't need to supplement with it unless you're in acute stages of inflammation. Mm, wonderful. Damo, how much cool stuff have you, how much wisdom have you shared with us on this three-episode series? We've gone through turmeric, ginkgo, probiotics, fiber, antioxidants, fish oil, vitamin C and D, all of those folks. Damo's gone through his whole personal regime of what he takes every day. So, Damo, sincere gratitude for sharing all of that wisdom over the last uh, three episodes on supplements for the mind, the brain, the whole body. So many thanks, great man. Oh, mate, it's been so much fun. You know, really, this is such great information for people to listen to and share amongst their friends and, you know, spread the message. And look, it's not an exhaustive, you know, amount of information. There's still so much information out there about it, you know, that I haven't shared with you today. So do your own investigation. Go and check out you know, what we've spoken about and, you know, if you find things that are a little bit contradictory to the things that I've said, then I'd love to I'd love to hear about it, I'd love to read about it. If you've got more information that I should know about and, and you happen to find it, then let me know because I'm always up for refining uh, my information, so please let me know. Um, but from, from the bottom of my heart, I love sharing it and so if I can share the information that I know um, and, and share the wisdom, the knowledge that I've got, that I've accumulated over the last... You know, a couple of decades, then, um, then you know, it floats my boat, and I'm happy. Well done, thanks, Damo. We've run out of time on this edition of 100 Not Out, but remember, folks, we would love to hear your feedback. As Damo said, you can provide it in any number of ways. You can go to our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash 100 Not Out. That's all letters O N E H U N D R E D N O T O U T. Or go to the website, thewellnesscouch.com forward slash 100 Not Out. Also, if you've liked this episode, please subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Give us a five star rating. It would be very, very wonderful if you would do that. Many thanks. Also, check out thewellnesscouch.com where you can view the entire range of wellness podcasts available, including the number one show, The Wellness Guys. So until next week, continue to make the rest of your life the best of your life.
This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.